Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're talking about the Kingdom of God. And uh, one of the things that we're talking about is uh, dissolving the bands. Dissolving the bands which have connected us to another. Dissolving the bands which have connected us to political societies. There's lots of people out there talking about their own personal declaration of independence. And uh, they have a variety of ideas. And and we've spent two hours now talking about uh, this whole idea of uh, gurus, uh, legal uh, beagle gurus who are telling us how things work and how the system works and... uh, and uh and the reality is is that this uh these uh, different uh guys and and we were listing off a bunch of them actually just before the program began I was adding another one that I knew personally that I've uh talked to many times and uh, he has some ideas on this whole idea of uh extricating yourself from the the particular system that is seemingly oppressing you. And the reality is is that we're not nearly as oppressed as we'd like to think, and it's not really as much everybody's fault as they would like to perceive. And I listed off a bunch of guys uh, uh, on the earlier shows, everybody from George Gordon to Bob Holstrom to Richard... Uh, Cornforth and Carl Lentz and, and David Merrill and Bob Schultz and Bill Thornton and L.B. Bork and it just, the list goes on and on. Um, and they all have a little bit different ideas. And, uh, and they're all missing something that is, is absolutely critical for a free society. Uh, they all are kind of uh, accepted as, uh, you know, gurus of uh, the legal system, of of where we're at in history, where we're at in law, how to... And a lot of people are availing themselves of their sometimes expensive services to get out of everything from traffic tickets to income tax. And uh, lots and lots of people are getting into trouble because they're following a lot of different ideas. They switch ideas. Uh, they don't really know what they're doing. And I hate to see that. I hate to see people getting into trouble. Life is difficult enough as it is. But getting into trouble is not the way to make life better or more convenient. So what we were going to do is probably study a couple of these guys and and where they're coming from. And where they're leading people to. Because these people are offering you a solution. And salvation is a solution. That's what, you know, we always translate the word salvation. Who will save us uh, in the Bible is talking about our eternal soul uh, for after we die. Yet Christ said what he was telling people was for the living and not for the dead. As a matter of fact, the people who weren't going to follow his way... He referred to them as the dead. Uh, let the dead bury the dead because they don't follow the way, the way of Christ. And what was that way of Christ? That way of Christ was actually everything that these guys talk about and then some. 
And it was a way to set men free. The truth shall set you free. And and he warns, uh, Paul warns, um, King David warned that what should have been for your welfare can become a snare. If you sit and eat with a ruler and you be a man of appetite, put a knife to your throat. Peter says that if through covetousness they would make merchandise of you. That with great swelling words, they would, you know, bring you back and entangle you in the elements of bondage and the elements of the world. And, you know, we've written whole books and they're all free downloads online at numerous websites. Uh, so that you can understand how the system works and how you're brought into bondage, how you're entangled again in the yoke of bondage. And, uh, and Christ was telling, if you had just followed Christ to begin with, you wouldn't have fallen for this. But you weren't following Christ. And one of the reasons why is the preachers are not preaching Christ. They're preaching a Christ, but it's an image of Christ that they have created themselves in their own minds, in their own eschatologies and theologies and doctrines. And the simplicity of Christ is just absolutely amazing. And how this plays into what all these guys... And some of these guys, although some of them are very, you know, supposedly religious and God-fearing, some of them are almost atheists. And there actually is a whole libertarian group that is full of atheists. And they're all trying to be free, but they don't believe in Christ. We even have some of them that come on our, our groups and they are trying to preach that Christ never existed. Jesus, as an individual, never existed. It was totally made up by the Pizzo family and everything. Which, if you do any research along those lines, you can realize that that is absolutely fictitious. And that doesn't make any sense at all. And there's almost no proof that such a Pizzo family did any of the things that people are claiming. But they all bite that hook, line, and sinker. And there's all kinds of references to Jesus and early, early Christians which would have to lead us to believe that there was a real Jesus in other historical records, although there are people going around saying that nowhere else are they mentioned, nowhere else. That's not true. All kinds of early uh, literature talk not only about Christ, but Pontius Pilate. We find they unearth steps that has Pontius Pilate's name on it. We know he was the grandson-in-law of the emperor himself at that time, which the the point is uh, that Jesus was giving us the answer. But listening to the modern preacher, you're going to miss it. Because he didn't tell you what Jesus really said. He doesn't, he doesn't want to have you do what Jesus really said to do. And, you know, people are, people are always astounded. Especially when they hear me for the first time and I'm telling you know, Jesus said this. And they say, where did he say that? And these are people who have studied the Bible. You know, I've, I've told before, I had an entire room full of pastors and ministers. And I talked to them. They they dragged me there to, to hear me talk. And I, I went. And uh, seven hours later, I was still talking and they needed a break. I don't need a break when I'm talking about the kingdom. I can just keep on going. But uh, And I'd already worked a full eight hours that day when they dragged me over there to start talking to them. And, I said, and they had no argument against what I was saying. But they're not following it. 
They're not following the ways of the kingdom. They're not pursuing, seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. They're seeking their philosophical, doctrinal, dogmatic approach. I mean, they're not bad guys, but they're not following Christ. They're not doing what Christ said. And they're not free. They're, they live in bondage. They're entangled again in the yoke of bondage. In the elements of the world. Now, I'm using these words like elements of the world. But uh, they, you know, I mean, it's translated rudiments of the world. But the word world there is constitutional order or system of government. It's not the word for planet. It's the, it's the word for constitutional order or system of government that gains its power because you eat at its table. Because what should have been for your welfare is actually a snare that binds you in that system because of, through covetousness, you're made merchandise. You're bound into that system. And many of these guys don't realize that. Some of them think you can just keep taking all the benefits that the government has, but you get to tell the government that you're sovereign and they have no power or control over you. And they claim that they have no contract with the government, but they have signed things to obtain benefits at the expense of their neighbor, but somehow or other they think they're still immune because they're a man or a man on the land. It's it's absurd, but this is what they're preaching. And the problem is people are listening to them because they want to believe them. They want to believe that what they're saying is true. And it's not. It's not true. And it's not true, not because they don't tell you anything that's true. They tell you lots of things that are true. A lot of things that they say, you know, like when you go into court and they ask you, do you understand? You never tell them that you understand. Well, I'm not going to tell you to do that, but that's what they say. But the reality is when you say you do not understand, you're actually saying I do not agree. Now, this is, you know, I've been in courts for over 50 years. I've never been convicted or prosecuted of anything whatsoever. Um, I had a traffic ticket once, and I probably could have got out of that, but I was leaving town and I didn't have time to <laughs> do it, so I just paid that. It was it was a sting operation <laughs> involved. Uh, it was I was driving absolutely safe. There was no danger to anybody. There wasn't anybody on the road at that particular time. But uh, they had somebody in binoculars and somebody with a roadblock, and they were just looking for somebody who would, you know, change lanes and take this off ramp. And they had people just lined up. They were giving tickets to when you went on the off ramp. So it was. And I was thinking, they're making lots of money today. (laughs) But uh, anyway, I paid that ticket. But other than that, I've never been in trouble. My father was an attorney. I went to, I was in courtrooms when I was a little boy. And I was a little boy more than half a century ago. So I'm familiar with how the system works. I've watched how it's worked. My father wrote law books. He wasn't just your average lawyer. And, you know, I've got several books that go into detail on how the law works. And we give them away for free. Now, some of these other people, they charge lots of money for theirs. I didn't get a chance to pull up. I have one of the books here that we talked about in the last. And I didn't get a chance to look at it. It's just been too busy. I mean, I looked at it years and years ago, but I thought I'd do a refresher course. But we we won't go into that book right now. We'll go into... What I wanted to talk to you about is Mark Stevens, and I started talking about him in the last show that I did. 
And Mark Stevens, probably a pretty good guy. He's he's totally in favor of nonviolence and and not coercion and all this kind of stuff. But he doesn't seem to understand the kingdom of God. And he doesn't really seem to understand law. But he admits on his website that uh, his approach is not about the law or about using a legal system to win a case. What he does is he uses their own rules and their own terminology to embarrass them so much that they don't want to see you back in their court. And that works with a lot of people. But it also gets some people with the book thrown at them. I've seen guys go along and this worked and worked and worked. And then he had his car taken away, his freedom taken away and lost his apartment and and was absolutely devastated. And they just ran him through the ringer. And then afterward, actually, I've seen this with several people. And after they were totally financially devastated and emotionally devastated, they dumped him out of jail. I mean, there are people in jail now that have never been charged and been in jail for a long time. And you're going to see more and more of that. So, and, and this is one of the things that I was pointing out. He He's for a stateless society. You know, uh, in the last show, we already talked about some of the other things that said on his website. But he has the no state project. No state, no corporate government. He actually considers the founding fathers to be uh, psychotic. And... Uh, because they actually think they have a right to start a government that controls the lives of everybody else. And of course, when they started the government of the United States, writing up this constitution that was actually illegally ratified, and that that's not me, there was some guy in Montana saying that, that's Clark Summer of U.S. American law. It doesn't mean that it isn't law today, because it, it was acquiesced too, but at the time, it was absolutely clear that all the states had signed agreements that they would not change one bit of the Articles of Confederation without a unanimous agreement. Well, they not only changed the Articles of Confederation, they, they literally did away with them by supplanting them with the Constitution of the United States, which was not a biblical document that actually contradicts four out of five rules that, according to the Bible, you're supposed to put into a Constitution and read to your leaders every day if you're going to create a government that requires a constitution, in other words, a government where somebody gets to exercise authority, you want to limit that authority. And so the Bible tells you five areas in which you are to limit that authority, and the bio, and the Constitution only has one of them, one of those five. The other critical four items they don't even have. And that's, that's the craziest. It's not biblical. And we explain that for free. In contracts, covenants, and constitutions with plenty, hundreds of footnotes, so you can check it out. Am I telling you the truth? I'm just telling you what the Bible says, and I'm showing you in, in the book where the Bible says it. And you can go figure out whether I'm telling the truth. I'm also telling you what the Supreme Court says, and you can go figure it out. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to show you that this over here is not the kingdom of God, but this over here is. And I have to show you the contrast. So most of the governments made by men are not following the precepts of God. And those that are following the precepts of God are doing something completely different than what you're seeing normally and what you normally call the government. Am I against the government? No, absolutely. And this is what I was saying about Mark at the very end of the last show is that where would Mark be if there was no state? There was no government. There would be no police department. There would be no fire department. There would be uh, 
no courts, and, and, but there would be marauding gangs of thieves and robbers. There would be all of that everywhere. So what would he do about that? Do no harm? I'm not going to do any harm, but I'm not going to come to the aid of my neighbor who's getting raped, murdered, and robbed. And you can't do that. You have to come to the aid of your neighbor. So one of the predominant phrases you find on his website is bringing about a voluntary society one visitor at a time. He wants to create a voluntary society. Well, Israel was a voluntary society. Now, he probably doesn't think so because he's been reading the the translations of the ancient biblical text through the eyes of Pharisees who got it wrong, who misinterpreted it. One fellow uh, interpreted a a place that... uh, in the Bible where it sounds like it's saying that somebody who doesn't go along with their rules and their perception of reality in Israel must die, must be killed, must be slain. The problem is, is the word there that they translate as die or kill or slain is actually composed of three Hebrew letters. Most Hebrew words are, and those of you who have done Hebrew studies with us, and all those letters have a meaning. And so when you put the meaning together, you produce the meaning of the word. So, what is the word? Mem, Vav, uh, Tav is the three letters. Mem is the word for flow. It has to do with cherries, blood, water, anything that flows from somebody or from society. Charity flows. Giving flows. Forgiveness flows through society. So you have that uh, that idea right up front. Second thing is Bob, which is a connecting or dividing word. Something that divides flow from this last letter, which is the Tav. The word Tav is faith. Well, faith and allegiance are the same thing. Having faith in something is like having allegiance for something. So anyway, the word there doesn't really mean die. It means separated from the flow. Their allegiance is separated from the flow. Their faith is separated from the flow. Flow of what? Flow flow of charity in society. In other words... Because they're not cooperating with their government that is operating by free will offerings, they don't receive any benefits. You know, right now there's a big debate in the country about illegal aliens being able to come here and immediately take benefits. You know, they can get free health care, they can get uh, free education, they can get a driver's license... They can get all these benefits. They can even get on welfare. They get all these benefits and they're here illegally. They don't care enough about the United States to come into the United States legally. And I know a lot of people who come into the United States legally and pay the costs and go through the programs. These people just come in illegally and they immediately get on welfare. The people I know who came and paid all the fees and expenses and went through all the paperwork 
They haven't been on welfare. They don't want to be on welfare. And they actually do all kinds of charitable work. But the people who come in and want to come in illegally, I know a lot of them on welfare. Not all of them, obviously. But a lot of them are. Why is that? Why is that even permitted? Why is that even going on? But you see, the reality is, if you want to bring about a voluntary society, what is a society? How how does a society work? I mean, there's a definition for society. Society is an association or a company of persons, generally unincorporated, united together by mutual consent. Well, consent to what? In order to deliberate, determine, act jointly for some common purpose. Uh, but also is defined in a wider sense as the community or public, the people in general. So there are several different senses to even the word society. But basically, society is is a mutual group of people that somehow by consent come together in order to deliberate something, determine something, act jointly for some purpose or common purpose. That's society. So if we go back to uh, Mark... And we look at his bringing about a voluntary society. Somehow other people have to consent. Well, he thinks that we all consent that everything must be voluntary. But, again, back to those marauding groups of vigilantes and thugs and murderers who want to rob and rape you. They want to do that voluntarily. How are you going to stop them? That's just you, right? No, you have to hope... That your neighbor's going to volunteer to risk his life to save yours. It's not forced to stop somebody from killing you. It may be using power, but you're, the power you're using is hopefully stopping somebody from killing you, killing your family, murdering, robbing you, destituting you, and you're going to protect yourself from that. And that's your voluntary society. Because your society, though, is just you. How do you bring other people into your society? Well, most people bring it in through incorporation, through taking oaths. I swear allegiance. You swear allegiance and now you're in the society. You don't swear allegiance. You may not be in the society. Apply for a benefit under penalty of perjury. Now you're in the society. Don't apply for the benefit. You may not be in the society. And they can get to a point where you can't hardly even survive without being a part of that society. You might die if you don't have the number of that society that allows you to obtain benefits. Which brings us into the area of the mark of the beast. Is there any number issued... Beasts were always in prophecy. They were governments. Is there any number issued by government, which would be the beasts, you know, the, the ones that go around exercising authority. Is there any number that you have that allows you to take benefits from the government at the expense of their, your neighbor. Is there such a number in your country? Well, of course there is in almost every country. It's, it's issued by the government. It's the government's number imposed upon you. And the benefits you can now get because you have that number, those benefits that you are allowed to take because you have that number are at the expense of your neighbor. You say, well, I paid in. Well, yeah, but that money's gone. Now, in order for you to get any money, they uh, or funds or support or help, you have to take away from your neighbor. 
or your neighbor's children or grandchildren because the country's in so much debt. So bringing about a voluntary society is not simply volunteering out of the society that you're in, but actually coming together to form a society that does not take away your rights, but allows you to exercise your responsibility of caring about other members of your society. And that's what these guys aren't doing. They're not bringing about a voluntary society. They're not becoming we the people. Now, as soon as you say that to somebody like Mark, he thinks we the people has to do with exercising authority one over the other. But we the people didn't exercise any authority. And when you talk to people like Bill Thornton, who think that the people wrote the Constitution, because at the beginning it does say we the people. But if that were true, then wouldn't the Constitution have been put to a popular vote amongst the people? And if it was put to a popular vote and it was created by the people, then it would take a majority of the people to activate the Constitution because we the people would have to verify that they wanted to see, you know, the Constitution implemented. And the reality is historians agree consistently across the board that most of the people at the time the American Constitution was ratified by the states if it had been put to a popular vote, it would have been voted down. Because most of the, we the people, did not want it. They were afraid of it. They were afraid it would get too much power. That power would corrupt it. It would get more power. And before you know it, you would not be free in your own country. Now, of course, that's what's happened. So, putting all this together, where, where are we going with this? Well, Somebody on, he does have a form on the Mark's, on Mark's page, uh, his website. And that form, so I went through the form, you can get in there, and I was reading a lot of the articles, and you can do searches, Google searches on that form, and find out what people are talking about. And I found somebody who was talking about what they needed and what they were missing, and I was surprised. Not real surprised, but a little surprised at their reaction. And I'm going to share with you some of that reaction when we come back after this break. And this is actually going to be pointing out some of the major problems with all these legal gurus, these sovereign gurus, these man-on-the-land gurus, these common law gurus, these natural law gurus that are leading people down a path to destruction and I want you to understand that because I don't want to see more people's lives destroyed. But we'll talk about that when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom after this brief break. Okay, well, so welcome back. So how do you create uh, this voluntary society, this society that operates by voluntarism? Uh, he does it by one visitor at a time. I really don't see how he does it. Mostly the guys seem to be trying to get out of traffic tickets or taxes or fines or fees or what have you. And I don't really see any kind of a voluntary society being created, except for he did have a forum. And like I said, I, I looked over the forum and tried to find out what they're all talking about. There's over a thousand people on their forum. 
I mean, we have a forum, but we have forums broken down based on uh, what you're doing within the network. I, I had, you know, Yahoo groups. We still have the Yahoo groups. We had them for years. Tens of thousands of messages went over them. I don't know how many people went on them altogether. But it was endless debate. But it helped me write a number of books because I could. people would say, yeah, but what about this? And then I would explain that and I explained that. And eventually this compiled into books that have that answer hundreds, maybe thousands of questions that people ask. And then we, of course, began to sell them for $30 a piece. No, we didn't sell them for $30 a piece. We gave them away. You can download them all for free. You don't have to sign up for anything. They're right there on the net on numerous pages where you can download them and read them. And then if you have questions about them, you can join the network that is full of people that would like to answer those questions with people who are extremely experienced to help them learn how to answer the questions and help you learn how to answer the questions because you have to pass it forward. I saw kind of a video thing put together that there are two seas. There's the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. And they're both fed by the same river in Israel. One is absolutely dead. And nothing hardly lives there at all. Even brine shrimp have a difficulty surviving there. And the other one is doing great. And it has all kinds of wildlife all around it. Birds and everything. And yet they're both fed by the same waters. But one is dead and one is full of life. So what's the difference? Well, one has an outlet. It receives water, but the water flows through it and goes out to other places. The other one, the water flows to it, but does not go out. Well, what does that mean? And if you correlate that with your own life, if you receive the flow, the mim, as we said with the Hebrew letter mim, uh, the flow of charity from somebody, somebody helps you, somebody offers their time to help you, their money to help you, their energy to help you, uh, help you get a business started. Now you have to give back to society. You have to pass it forward, as they say. And if you don't do that, your society stagnates and dies. So your society has to do that on a regular basis. For a voluntary society, there has to be regular charity within that society. It has to be not just charity for the sake of giving away, but charity that strengthens the poor. Sodom and Gomorrah had lots of charity, but it was in a time of affluence they did not strengthen the poor. And how do you strengthen the poor? With voluntary charity. That's why in Israel, whenever they paid in to support the government, whether it was an army or whether it was food or whatever it was, they were called free will offerings. Their sacrifices were free will offerings. When they went to compelled offerings where you sign up, you apply for the benefits, and then now it's a compelled offering, that system made the word of God to none effect because all Christ was creating was a voluntary system. Yeah, there were Ten Commandments in, in the original um, Israel. And what what did they contain? Things like don't kill. Don't rob from your neighbor. Don't bear false witness about your neighbor. Don't even covet your neighbor's goods. That's the crooks of 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 the Ten Commandments. Is is these basic concepts? Yeah, they also said keep the Sabbath. And a lot of people think that's like you got to take Saturday off or the seventh day off or something like that. No, this, the, to keep the Sabbath means you have to work and earn. Time off. You have to work six days, and so that you got your food set aside and your and your your family taken care of, and then you get to take a rest. That is the key to the Sabbath. No debt. 
You pay for what you get. You pay in advance for what you get. You earn what you get. You don't borrow against the future. If you're borrowing against the future, you're not keeping the Sabbath. So that's what Sabbath is really all about. Honor thy father and thy mother. You have to take care of your father and your mother. I mean, they gave you life. You have to give it back to them by taking care of them in their old age. But Herod had a great idea that everybody pay in and we'll take care of your parents. And they called it Corbin. And so what happened was people stopped taking care of their parents and say, well, no, no, I already gave. Now the state will take care of my parents. And Jesus said the Corbin of the Pharisees made the word of God to none effect. Because they weren't, and it's essential to cultivate, to cultivate the spirit of a free society that you take back the responsibility to take care of your parents, take care of your children, educate your children at your own expense. Now, some people can't afford to do that. You know, at the time of the Constitution, Harvard was uh, over a century old. And Harvard... They they were supported by student loans. No, no, they weren't supported by student loans. There were no student loans back then. So I guess education was only for the very rich. No, anybody could go to Harvard. Anybody could go to Harvard. They had a vast system of free tuition. If you couldn't afford the tuition, you could go to Harvard for free. If you were so impoverished, nobody was turned away from Harvard because they didn't have money. Now, they couldn't keep the grades up, then somebody's not going to spend money on educating you. But if you could learn, if you could study, if you could apply yourself, you get to go to school for free. And that was not by taxation. That was by free will offering. Different spirit. You know, the cost of education is what it is today because of student loans. It's student loans that have allowed colleges to charge more and more for tuition so that without student loans, you can't afford to go to college. You either have to be rich or get student loans and come out of college fifty to $200,000 in debt. Why is that? Because somebody said, let's take money from our neighbors and loan it to kids so that they graduate from college in debt. And somebody says, sounds like good idea. Don't sound like good idea. Sound like bad idea. But if you're already psychotic, that might sound like a good idea. What do I mean by psychotic? You're already not perceiving reality as it really is. Anyway, back to the forum on Mark Stevens' website. Somebody came on there and I actually know who this guy is. I mean, I didn't know he was on there. I just... I was looking up other words, trying to find different parts where they might talk about this, that, or the other thing, like separation of church and state, etc. And I came across conversations by this fellow named Damon. And I'm pretty sure I know who that is. Uh, just by the phraseology he uses and everything. And he refers to himself as the poster boy of cognitive dissonance. He's not quite there yet. <laughs> Based on his answers. But maybe Poster Boy does fit. But, uh, you know, the fact is, is uh, I would ask him, what congregation are you in? <laughs> How are you gathering with the people to take care of one another? But anyway, he, he made a valiant attempt to try to make some points and interests, uh, you know, point out certain things of interest to these people on that forum. And he was met with derision. 
uh, and anger. They did not like what he had to say. And what did he say? Well, he pointed out to the people of the forum that, quote, you have made agreements. You use the benefits. So you must accept the burden that accompanies such use. Now, L.B. Bork, he quotes maxims of law that says that very thing. He understands that. Evidently, Bill Thornton does not understand that. He thinks he can be a sovereign while taking away the rights of other people because he intends to be collecting his Social Security even though it's a bankrupt system. So he's very dependent on men who exercise authority one over the other to compel his neighbors to pay in to a system that he doesn't like paying into. Now, he may pay the Social Security, but he doesn't like some of the stuff that's going on. And, and many of the things he says is right. But we're seeing something. I'm trying to point out something these guys are missing. And, uh, you know, Mark's nonviolent position, non-coercive position, is, is his love of voluntarism is great. But I don't see the practical application of that in an actual society, which he says a voluntary society. Israel was a voluntary society. You didn't have to be in Israel. You could leave any time. You, you know, it wasn't like you can't quit. We will kill you. No, you could leave any time. They weren't even to oppress the stranger in their midst. And originally they didn't. And this is one of the reasons why they were so popular. You cannot judge Israel by what the Pharisees were doing at the time of Christ. Israel was a nation that could not be defeated, had a totally voluntary army, no kings who could exercise authority one over the other. Yeah, they had laws like don't kill each other. Uh, yeah, they had laws, you know, ceiling limits. Like if somebody stole from you uh, $100, they only owe you $100 back. Uh, I shouldn't say stole. Stole, they actually may have to pay more. But if uh, they cost you $100, you know, they ran over your $100 cat. Well, they owe you $100. And they have to pay you back. It was an accident, but they owe you recompense. They can't take a thousand dollars because they ran over your hundred dollar cat. Now, so it's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You could only extract from your neighbor that which you extracted. I mean, your neighbor could only extract from you what you extracted from your neighbor through your negligence. If you intentionally uh, robbed your neighbor, well then the penalty might be higher. But then you have the right to forgive your neighbor. It's not the state's job. You're the state in Israel. You have to bring the accusation against your neighbor. He stole my cow. And uh, and I want it back. And you go to your neighbors and you prove that he stole your cow with witnesses. And bearing false witnesses uh, would be considered a crime. So you better have honest witnesses that can prove that he stole your cow. And if you can prove it, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, in the minds of the peers of both parties, then he owes you a cow back. He has to give you your cow back or, you know, an equal value cow. He can't, you, he doesn't have to give you a whole herd because he stole your cow. He has to give you back the value of what he took from you. And this is how they operated. In a voluntary society. 
You could have binding arbitration if that's what you wanted. Or you could have unbinding arbitration if that's what you wanted. And we go through all the, how the appeals court work because in most cases, many of the people that are now in jail would get off scot-free in Israel because you have to have, in capital offenses, you have to have two witnesses. But anyway, we won't go into all that at this time. So the, he's saying that basically that because you're taking benefits, you may owe, you, you can't, you can't even get a driver's license unless you have a social security number for benefit purposes. Social security is supported by borrowing money against the future since it's a bankrupt system. There is no division of funds. It is a bankrupt system. We have all articles that show this. Supreme Court has ruled it over and over again. So you can't get any benefits from Social Security without taking away from your children and your grandchildren, including your neighbor's children and your grandchildren. Well, you know, my grandchildren, some of them are grown up already. Uh, they could be supporting me. I wouldn't need to collect Social Security. I'm not collecting Social Security. I'm entitled to Social Security, but I won't collect it. They could be paying a few bucks a month if I needed help. I don't really need help. And help support me. And so that I don't, so that my days will be long upon the land. And when their children see them doing that, and my children see, you know, my grandchildren see my children doing that, they will support me. And you say, well, what if you don't have any children? Well, then you should graft into a family and help them. Well, for the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, or whatever it is, you should have been supporting other families in your community and helping them. And then the whole community would want to help you out and do what religion actually is defined as. Religion is defined in the Bible is how you take care of the needy of your society. Pure religion is to do it unspotted by the constitutional orders and systems of governments of the world who use force. You show me what religion or church actually is practicing unspotted religion based on the definition that James gives. Now they say, oh, well, no, no, they just, they don't mean that. They don't mean that. Well, they do mean that. That's exactly what they're saying. But you don't want to think they mean that because you are in love with your delusion. You have idolized your delusion. But anyway, back to Mark, these people did not like this. Then he says, you have waived your responsibilities and therefore your rights in hopes of benefits. It is a covetous practice and keeps people enslaved. That's what the Bible says. What should have been for your welfare has become a snare. Why? Because your welfare is not freely given. It's compelled. Until John the Baptist, all the governments were doing this. They were forcing the offerings of the people through a thing they called taxation. And that would go into the temple and take care of the needy of society. That's not what the church was doing. The church operated on faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty. This is what Christ was preaching. This is righteous. It's not righteous to force your neighbor. Mark is right. We should live in a voluntary society. Problem is, when I look into Mark's forum, I don't see a voluntary society. I don't see people coming together trying to take care of one another. I see people still wanting to take benefits but not pay the price. Not subject themselves to the, the, the authority. 
I mean, and, and they talk about words. You have to be careful what you say in court and careful what you say to government. What does Proverbs 6, 2 say? It warns. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Or how about Matthew twelve thirty six through 37 But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. And for the words thou shalt be justified, and by the words thou shalt be condemned. So they're telling you words are important. We tell definition of words all the time. The only thing is we don't charge $100 per hour like Mark does. We do it for free. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to buy the books. You can read the books for free. Why? Because we are establishing a voluntary society. Not one visitor at a time. Because most of the visitors don't want to be in a voluntary society. They want to live in a society where they can force the benefits out of their neighbor, but not suffer the consequences of the practice. That covetous practice. You see? How about Matthew uh, fifteen eleven and 18? I'll just read those two. Not that which goeth into the mouth defiles a man, but which cometh out of the mouth that defileth a man. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. What is he talking about? What comes out of your mouth? Yeah, I want the benefit. Yeah, I, I want to apply for that. Why does the Corbin of the Pharisees, Corbin meaning sacrifice of the Pharisees, make the word of God did not affect? Because it was compelled. Since John the Baptist, John the Baptist was one of the only guys who said, you know, if your neighbor has a need, you give it to him through charity. Voluntary society. This is what Christ was preaching. Mark should be preaching Christ. I see Mark talking about words that will keep you out of jail and keep a judge, you know, mostly he's just harassing the judge. And so that they don't want to see you back in the court because you, you just take up too much time. They can't get to work and you're a big hassle and you won't cooperate. And so, but you know, that works for a while. But then I see suddenly all of a sudden they take away everything you got and throw you in jail for six months or in some cases I've seen them thrown in jail for years and never charged with a crime. You know, that happens in America. You're listening to a guy who has watched the courts for over half a century. I actually am being asked to be on another radio program to talk about the evolution of law in America. Because I've written whole books about it and give them away for free. Why am I doing this? Because I want to see you. I have to volunteer. People have told me for years, no, you should charge at least a dollar for the download of your book. No. You can't create a voluntary society by charging people. You have to freely give. Now, if you freely receive, you have to now, like the Sea of Galilee, turn around and give to somebody else. Everybody in our religious network, religious being a network that is taking care of one another. Religion, you know, 200 years ago, you talk about definition of words. 200 years ago, religion was defined as fulfillment of your obligation to God and your fellow man. Now, religion is defined as what you think about a supreme being. It's changed. So when I say religion, I'm talking, pure religion, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about how you take care of one another. 
Because when you take care of one another, then that flow of the water goes. It doesn't stagnate. It doesn't calcify and become a salt and dead sea. It becomes a flourishing river of life. But if you if you want to see how much you can accumulate, you want survival? You see economic crash coming? And we heard people talking about that during the break. Economic crash, what do you want to do? You want you don't want to gather together with a bunch of survivalists. All you know, I'm in this room underground with ten guys who paramount interest is their personal survival. And you think that's a good strategy. No, you want to be with ten guys, above ground, below ground, doesn't really matter, who care about your life as much as you care about theirs. Or maybe you don't. I don't know how much you care about your neighbor's life, your neighbor's rights, the rights of your neighbor's children, the life of your neighbor's children. If you don't care about them, then probably you should go into the bunker. (laughs) But... If you want to come in the name of Christ, you have to come caring about them, serving them. So, Matthew 15, uh, three, verse 3 through 6, But he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God by your traditions? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother. Honor meaning fatten, take care of. That's what the word actually means, even in the Hebrew. And he that curseth the father and mother, not honor, let him die the death. Let him die the death. What death? But ye say, whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightst be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, doesn't take care of his father and his mother, he shall be free of the responsibility of having to do that. Because it's the government's job. Meanwhile, the same guy goes around and says that he's a sovereign. How is he the sovereign government when he is leaving his responsibility to the government? He's not taking care of his parents. He's leaving his parents to the government. And the government is simply taken away from his neighbor. And his neighbor then goes to these gurus and tries to figure out how I can lower my taxes, lower my burden, lower the consequences of my own sin. I'm not interested in lowering the consequences of your sin unless I see evidence of your repentance. Then I will take my time and freely give it to you in hopes that you can be a free soul under God. I don't want to free the slothful. I don't want to free the selfish. I have no interest in that. Even though the books are out there for free, I thought, like, well, you know, you give give all these books away and show them how the system works and all this kind of stuff. They could just take this up and they don't never have to send you a dime. They could just download the book. It's been downloaded thousands of times. No, I never got a dime out of that. Just gave it all away. Years, decades of work. Just gave it away. But I also know that if they don't flow back to others what they have received freely, they will become the Dead Sea. You know, and that takes us back to die the quote. I can't remember the quote that I saw on that website. We don't have enough time to go over it. Uh, I could probably dig it out if I looked around a little bit more, but... uh, 
it has to do with that word mim, bav, tav. And uh, and this was the total argument that somebody came back, very angry, coming back with these things. And they quote, yeah, I don't think I copied it over. And I can't remember. It's like in Deuteronomy or something. But it talks about people who aren't going to be a part of what they do should die the death. Should die. And that's the way the translation. But there, there, Christ is talking about those who don't take care of their parents should die the death. What it, you know, of course, that's we're seeing the tra- English translation from the Greek, and the Greek was translated from, if it if it's in Matthew, in that case it was, is translated from the Aramaic. Again, die the death means to cut off from the benefit. If you have somebody on welfare and they're lazy and they're slobs and they don't want to apply themselves, they just want to sit around and eat and smoke and watch TV or go surfing, and but they want a government check, they'll get that from the government. But from the government of God, they won't get that. If they do not work, they do not eat. If they cannot work and they would like to work, we try to find something for them to do. I mean, unless they're totally catatonic. I know a guy who was quadriplegic for years, ran a whole machine shop from his gurney and did a really great job. He'd been quadriplegic since he was 18. Actually, since the day before he turned 18. So there's a lot of things you could do. And people didn't mind helping him. Because he did what he could with what he had. But the lazy, we're not interested in helping. But anyway, we've run out of time. And I, I could go into a lot more of these people and a lot more of this uh, this comeback. But until you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness by coming together in the name of Christ, there's not much else I can do other than just tell you about what it means. But it will awaken things in you. And it will protect you, put a coverture over you that nobody, no legal beagle guy could do. But until then, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.